Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. So how are you, Rob? Today, Russell, my friend, I mm. am in need of cheering up. And Aww. what better? Well, I'm only, I should explain that. I need cheering up just because we're back in another kind of long lockdown. And there seems to be this kind of like joint pressure that everyone's feeling and anxiety and you know things have been getting quite intense for a lot of people mm-hmm. but I was very excited about today's guest because I first discovered him on Grayson Perry's art club mm-hmm. last summer in 2020 yep. the summer of 2020 and he just made me laugh so much and I'd never actually sort of seen him before for some reason because I haven't really been watching tv for a long time but then I discover that he's become a kind of national treasure and people love him as much as I did. And I was walking on the beach with a friend of mine called Liz Collier, who's a film producer, and she was like, you have to watch Grayson's Art Club because it's all about the process. It's all about the making of the artwork and about creativity. And I just found his particular segment so inspiring because it really was about that, you know, about this kind of the process and like how you actually make the painting. And it was really enjoyable. Yeah. So I'm just, I've been feeling good all day knowing that I was going to be speaking to someone who is same, a same, 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 comedian same. as well as an artist and yeah. has done many other things as well, which we will explore. Absolutely. So we would like to welcome to Talk Art, Joe it. Wow, hey, what an introduction. That is too much to take. And, uh, not enough, not enough, and, of and, and not enough at the same same time. <laughs> That's Where why I'm very touched. I'm, right, I'm I... fabulous. I'm uh, I'm in Birmingham in my yeah. little house, yes. and um, yeah, I feel quite sort of. I'm, I'm I'm trying to do dry January, and also I'm trying to do every other day a hundred push-ups so that I get oh, big wow. and strong. Amazing! And I did my hundred push-ups today. Uh, no, I'm doing them in spurts. sets of like little spurts. Yes, for want of a different <laughs> different word, I do them in little spurts. Um, <laughs> what are you up to, Joe? I'm just spurting out some push-ups. Um, so I did I did them in thirties today. No, I did two thirties oh. and then two twenties. Um, well done. So going dry January for you is quite not saying you're an alcoholic, but that is quite <laughs> a uh, that's a tough because a lot of your like interviews and a lot especially with your art you've made 
while drunk or you've accessed yeah. a lot of kind of artistic <laughs> the artistic side of yourself while you've been intoxicated so is that kind of yeah um a challenge yeah well i'm quite good at sort of deciding to do or not do something and then it's right. it's decided um so once i decided i was doing dry january it, it would be quite difficult to steer me away from it um mm. Unless it was a particularly crisp, dry glass of Gavi de Gavi, um, then, <laughs> then, then I'd probably, <clears throat> I'd probably be all right. Um, but it is hard with a lockdown because the last lockdown I got through very much by drinking white wine. So um, I was red wine a bottle a night. Yeah, easy. It, you easy. were as well. I was doing, but yeah. it, it wasn't even a night. It was like I was starting at sort of three, four. And then I'd be trashed by before dinner and then dinner would sort of sober me up and I'd sort of have a headache before I went to bed. Be, <laughs> Your hangover sort of kicks in while you're still awake. Yeah, yeah, because I couldn't wait. You know, it was sort of got, get to that point and I think, oh, well, what else is there to do really? I know. Um, so I didn't want to you... waste this lockdown completely blottoed. So, of course. Um, but you must have yeah. co- like accessed the creative side of yourself, which you seem to do when you drink during the last lockdown. Yeah, that's well. This is the the kind of perennial issue is that um, I, I remember the last tour show I wrote. I uh, said to my housemate at the time that um, I wasn't going to drink that day because I was writing, and it was a writing day, and I had to make sure that I produced some stuff for my tour because I was getting close to going on tour. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Oh, I'm going to the pub for lunch," and I said, "Oh, well, I'll come to the pub for lunch, but I won't drink." And then we got to the pub and he said, I'm having a pint. I said, well, I'll have one pint, but then I'll go back and write. And in the end, I ended up just yeah. getting totally shit-faced with him wandering around Birmingham. And we just, all the little interactions we had, because I was sort of half in writing mode and half in, oh, fuck it kind of mode, mm. all of the interactions, I was sort of aware that I needed to get something out of them uh, or, or remember them, a bit of research. And mm. at least I would say five, if not 10 minutes of the chats I had with him and things that happened that day ended up in the in the finished tour. And five, 10 minutes is really hard to do with stand-up. Like I normally, on a good writing day, I'd be happy if I got two minutes worth of usable gags. I mean, oh, it's, right. a, it's a slow process writing. Um, so it it is this sort of weird thing where actually sometimes when you do get trashed, it does open the door. It's that it sort of stops you overthinking it and stops you stopping yourself essentially. And then as long as you're allowing that flow and noticing the flow, yeah. and then other times it just kills the next day's productivity, doesn't it? And you're just lying in bed going, well, I'm not going to do anything now. And then your creative yeah. juices aren't flowing as freely. Yeah. Um, but I also the, the reason I stopped on the white wine is uh, I'm, I've got like now an hourglass figure. If the bottom half is about six months and the top half is two weeks, does that make sense to you? Kind of. We can draw it. Yeah. (laughs) You can draw it for us. I would happily draw it for you. Basically, I'm inflating quite rapidly. Great. This is a weird thing. I I weighed myself a couple of days ago and it was uh, higher than I would have liked. And I, I was the only thing that buoyed me was the fact that I needed a big poo. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I've gone on to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and uh, this was bef- this is when you jumped on the scales and you thought. So I jumped on the scale. And I thought, oh, yeah. something's got to come off. Went and had this big poo, and I did like about 20 minutes later. I thought I'll just weigh myself again, and I got heavier. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> 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 
and I, I, I don't know if I maybe had a glass of water or something that sort of added, but like I added on like there must be some like scientific reason, but bi- bi- biological reason for that. Yeah, yeah, that I don't hilarious. know. Well, poo floats, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, because it's oh, like Russell. <laughs> no, I started this. It's not your fault, Russell. I'm sorry. <laughs> So Birmingham, you're in your house. This is a new house that you've you've bought with all of your fortune that you've been amassing my, over the last few with years. With my telly money, my comedy money. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. sort of. Um, I find it a bit absurd that because um, I never got into stand up to to make money because what a stupid route that would have been. Um, I just did it because it was sort of an impulse, and uh, once I'd done one gig, I couldn't stop. And the idea that I'm now sat in a house that is paid for, yeah, with jokes essentially is absurd and um silly to me really i sort of don't trust it i feel like this somebody's playing a big prank on me um that's lovely though but there are there are two sides to your life because there is the comedy side but you have this art side that we're all slowly being revealed to us that is so captivating and passionate and kind of authentic even though Mm. you you display it to us in such a way that's very um kind of off the cuff and you don't take it too serious but i think you actually do take it very seriously and it's really fascinating watching this side of you be revealed to us that's uh, that's really interesting i i i suppose i don't, i don't see there being a um being them being two different me's because right. particularly in the last couple of years the the art side of things has very much overlapped with the the stand up and the TV um, side of things. Mm. In that, um, my last tour show had lots of paintings in it, and I, I kind of used them as punchlines because, uh, particularly my early stuff when I was kind of just exploring my style, they were uh, if they weren't funny, they to me they were a failure. You know, if they were too earnest or if they looked like I was trying too hard to kind of create any emotion other than humor i didn't really like them and i'm still a little bit like that i sort of feel like if i'm if they if they're um earnest is the word um i don't i I don't like them so they have become this sort of uh part of an extension of my stand-up and my channel four show uh, I, I'm, this is one of the things I'm really thrilled with is about that show. I'm thrilled about lots of parts of it, but it's the, it, I uh, am credited as written, performed, and uh, painted by Joe Lysett because the set is all my paintings and the and the opening wow. titles are my paintings as well. And, and that's a, um, isn't there, a, there? There's a self portrait of you, isn't there? Yes. So I did the, a self portrait as the kind of front, yeah. uh, kind of. Um, slide of the titles and then yeah yeah, there's sort of various paintings of people that work on the show looking irate many of whom are not happy with the paintings that I've done of them (laughs) Um, very much immortalized in massive reproductions on the uh, on the set but um but yeah so so but I I think I do increasingly do take it seriously I, I, I don't take it's as seriously I take it as seriously as I take anything else and I try not to take anything too seriously um but I I, I do uh, get a lot from it and um I feel like it's a, a really exciting outlet and um I'm, I'm really thrilled that people uh, like it as well that people are starting to sort of um uh collect. appreciate it and and collect yeah absolutely so you're in Birmingham now and you grew up in Birmingham and you grew up in quite an artistic household because you have a very close relative to you who's an artist. 
what uh, what was your experiences of art in Birmingham and through your family growing up? Was it quite a cultured start for you? Uh, I, I would say so. Yeah, my my both my parents they met in art college in Newcastle. Um, so they they came from an artistic background, and my mum, who I think is who you're referring to, yes, as being my um, artistic relative. But actually, I'd say uh, my dad is as well. He does sort of um, uh, lino prints, and um, he's a brilliant illustrator. Actually, he doesn't do loads of it, but oh. he's got lo- lovely handwriting. David Lysett. He used to design shop fronts <laughs> before I was born. Then he became a teacher because it was uh, less travel involved. But yeah, my mum. Was a graphic designer for all of her career, mostly at Cadbury uh, in Bourneville in Birmingham. Um, wow! Yeah, so she sort well, of designed. Like the packaging. She did a lot of packaging, mainly the sort of in interior stuff where they, you know, they've got a presentation to do and they've got to make it look nice, that kind of thing. But they also, uh, she also did. I think she did. Um, they 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 call it CDM Cadbury's Dairy Milk. I think she did one of those, but I, I might be wrong. She might have helped on one of those. Um, but she did like the animal bars and and things like that. But what was weird about that was that she, particularly towards the end of her career, was about the only one there that could draw because everyone else had come into it literally working off laptops and uh, it was all illustrator. So um, they didn't actually know how to, with a pen and paper, actually draw stuff. And that became a bit of an issue for some of them, uh, for some of the projects. So, yeah, so I, I was always exposed to kind of making things, but, but mum didn't really get into painting until she retired. She painted mm. before a little bit here and there, but she's really excelled in her kind of um, retirement. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, there was there was always... Um, uh, we, we would go to galleries now and again and do little trips to the Tate in London and things like that. So uh, it was definitely on the cards um, as a as a kind of thing. And you two have actually like collaborated in a way because she's painted you a number of times and done a few different portraits of you in different poses. Um, yeah. is, is that something that you will have like sat for or is she doing it from photographs? No, I've never sat for her. She always does stuff. I don't think she's ever done people who sit for her. I think she likes the kind of comfort, as do I, of knowing you can just do it off a picture on the iPad or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And she can really kind of choose the shot that she wants to kind of look at and, and work from. Um, but uh, we we did one day where we kind of painted each other, but it was really hard because we were because we were both painting each other at the same time. We were both sort of looking down and then going, no, 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 you 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 do that that stroke and then look back up and yeah, I've got that now, and it sort of didn't really work. Um, but it was a nice try. But we did an exhibition together at Patrick Grant, who's one of the judges on Sewing Bee. He's got a shop on Savile Row, and um, oh, yeah. we did an exhibition together there. It's a very exclusive shop. They only make 300 suits a year at Norton and Sons yes. that you referring to. That's the one I'm referring to, yes. Yes, um, very good. I think we essentially did it. Well, Patrick offered it as a thing and said, if you ever want to exhibit um, there, then we're up for it. And then I said, well, what, what if Mum and I did one together? And he was so up for that. And Mum... How did it go? Definitely fancies him. Because there's a picture of them uh, on set and the body language, she is leaning into him like almost like she's lost one of her legs and she's tottering over. She definitely loves Patrick Grant. As do most he's, he's very there. handsome, though. And I think he's based a bit in Margate now because I, I actually heard of him because he's handsome because someone said, you know, that handsome guy off the telly because he's also on the TV show with you, isn't he, on the sewing biz? 
Yeah, he's a judge on the sewing bee. Yeah. And he's a lovely bloke. He's really artistic as well. He's uh, He does lovely um, paintings and yeah. photography, particularly. He's a um, very beautiful photographer, does kind of landscapes in... Um, yeah. Where, where did you say he is? I, I, I sort of lose track. He's up in Scotland now. But I think he was I in Lancashire for a while. And I, I, I live in Margate, around. and I'm, I'm sure someone told me that he's got a place here now, in Margate. He so, might do, I don't know, you know. In Kent. He's a, yeah. yes, I have he's never a... seen him, but I just hear about him being this handsome person. Yes, <laughs> he's, he is handsome. He's, uh, yeah, there's no getting around so gr- it. Growing up in Birmingham, did you go to things like the Birmingham Museum or Icon Gallery? or And, and what was the art scene like? Did you know other artists there or...? Not really growing up, no. Um, and that's one real regret of mine that I didn't sort of immerse myself in um, Birmingham culture sooner. Mm. And and it, it, but it, but it's it it's something about Birmingham that really frustrated me for years is that just nothing seemed to happen here. There didn't seem to be any kind of uh, co- like comedy clubs. There were very few that you could actually, mm-hmm. when you were starting out, just go and do ten minutes at. People don't really go out in Birmingham in the same way. It's changing now, but particularly when I was in my sort of early to late teens, there was just not a lot going on. And I feel like there's a there's a sort of we're a bit of a forgotten city, really. You know, a lot of the money's gone up to Manchester and uh, Liverpool and Leeds and all these places, and we're sort of on the way. And I think whilst that's not great for the economy it is great for culture and there's a lot of really funny artists based here um who i who i do now hang out with and and get a lot of uh, inspiration from but, like, um, like self-taught artists like yourself yeah i think so yeah i mean i actually i don't know with the uh, people i'm referring to i think there's a guy called dion kitson who i've made friends with who's based in dudley and he might have gone to art college because he's he's a like a full-time I mean the, the others are full-time as well but he's he's got I don't know there's something about him that suggests that he maybe went to art school but then there's mm. people like um Fockle Wolf who is um uh a, it, it's, it's not graffiti it's like street art he does these ridiculous posters I recommend you've probably seen them because he, he he's done a lot in Birmingham but he did one uh, he's done a few things in London, but he did one that went viral, which is he basically makes posters that look kind of legit, but when you start reading them, they're not. And he, there's one which was he did for the Conservative Party, which was um, uh, we intend to cut all homeless people in half by 2022. <laughs> and, and but he like oh, yeah. put it on the tube, and it looked it was the same font as the Conservatives yeah, like, yeah. stuff, and it just looks legit. And then when you read it, and then people would tweeting it saying oh my god whoever in the conservative party did this needs to get sacked and you just think uh just think one step further along and you might work it out and he does loads of stuff like that but he doesn't expose that he doesn't no one can know what his in fact i don't even think think i know what his real name is no i do know what his first name is but um whenever he does interviews he always puts um like a hood over or whatever does it yeah, or, or, or a crazy crazy yeah. mask yeah i, th- I think focker wolf's known as the <clears throat> birmingham banksy Yes, that I mean that makes sense because he is. It's there's a similarity in the sense that he does kind of uh, politically motivated street art, I suppose. But it's not graffiti. It is, you know, he prints them out on these big printers, and I suppose what he's doing is probably illegal as well. So that's probably why he doesn't want people to know who he is. Um, right, right, right. But um, uh, all of his stuff is really funny. He's a really funny and uh Dion Kitson's stuff is is funny in a in a different way and then there's people mm. like Cold War Steve is from Birmingham and you know all of his stuff is um 
pretty uh, funny again in a different way. God, I'm obsessed with Cold War Steve. I don't um, know. So what's his work like? Is his, is his like slogan based? Because it's really interesting that you've pulled out the slogans from uh, this one you was just describing. Because a lot mm. of your work has slogans that become part of the, the end product. Yeah. Um, no, I think you you will have seen Cold War Steve stuff. I'm, uh, I hope you have. If not, yeah. then you've got a whole. He's very prolific. He produces work all the time. He's the one who does basically kind of um, Photoshop mashups of politicians and people like um, Cilla Black and uh, sort of British cult figures that yeah. are, are all rammed together in. Uh, ridiculous scenarios and they're very funny but he always uses the same picture of Scylla Black which is one apparently there's a sort of story about her that she was in this restaurant and she sat down at this table and it was booked for a family of six but she wanted it for her and two others or something and the dude went up and said I'll book this for six and she just basically said well it's mine now and was really like snotty with him so he took this photo of her but she's sort of turning as she does it and she looks a bit sort of uh, shocked that the photo is being taken, and that photo appears in every Cold War Steve, and it's and it, but it's like she'll be poking through a window or like through someone's armpit or whatever, and it's such a fun little game to find Scylla Black in all of these artworks. Um, uh, yeah, but the, there's no slogans in Cold War Steve stuff. But yeah, I do. I think there's something about like uh, the. I suppose it comes from gag writing, really, and I really admire very good gag writers because I, I have my moments, but I'm not a kind of Gary Delaney or a Tim Vine who can just throw out amazing one-liners. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something about that economy of language merged with uh, a visual that is really pleasing to me and quite exciting. And um, I do love a, a slogan. I think it's they. they Again, they stop the paintings sometimes from becoming too earnest because if it's like a portrait, you could just mm. say, oh, that looks a bit like whoever you've done. But if you then slap a slogan over it, it starts to add a kind of very explicit meaning, um, mm. which I uh, I suppose comes from that um, that gag writing thing where you want the, you want the reading of the thing to be... Uh, as specific as possible yeah yeah because because with a joke if 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 there's too much nuance in a joke then people don't really get it don't laugh because they don't know what you're trying to say to them i suppose it comes from that but i've never really thought why i like slogans um it just feels unfinished if i do a painting of that you saying making sense though with the, the kind of gag line the comedy telling the joke you that feels like that is merged then with the art and your kind of comedy side so that makes complete sense yeah, yeah, I suppose so. But then I suppose the ones that I've used in my stand-up, there's, I'm trying to remember what they are. There's, um, there's one of a man having coffee poured in his ass. <laughs> um, yes, I love that one. Uh, which um, which <laughs> has no slogan favorite. on it. <laughs> <laughs> the finest work I've ever done. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they don't have slogans with them, but I suppose because I'm doing them in the stand-up, then I apply the slogan around it. Um, with physically in in the uh, in the show, I suppose. Well, the um, one you did for Grayson's Art Club, though, was that Chris Whitty, the medical officer for the government, and yes. on that one, you spent the whole show like doing the face, and then right at the end, like a week later or something, you did a reveal, which actually then had the text, which yes. I 
I actually rarely laugh out loud at things and it genuinely made me laugh out loud. I mean, even the spelling mistake, which I think has gone on to become a kind of thing that's been written about in the tabloids, the fact that you had a spelling mistake in there as well. It was I like know, a scandal. Yeah. yeah. I love that. But yeah, that I, I do, that I do sometimes. That <laughs> that one said, um, it's yes, yeah, picture of Chris Whitty and it says, wash your filthy pig hands. Um, <laughs> wash your filthy pig hands, I love it. Which yeah. was at the start of lockdown you created that. Yes, yes I did, yeah. It's pig just is a wonderful pig. word. It's just, yeah, yeah pig and pig egg. Pig and, and slag, I think, for slag. me, my oh, go-to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, Russell and my favourite, uh, Tracy M and Neon, is um, fuck off and die, you slag. <laughs> I, love, I love that one. Well, I find it really interesting that you, um, as an artist, you are reluctant to uh, create work that is seen as uh, beautiful and not humorous and, you know, pushing yourself there. H- have you made work that's gone there that probably no one's seen that is kind of secretly squirreled away for another time or another adventure or do you do you literally edit yourself and stop or have you ever experimented to push yourself if you could do something really uh realistic or really out there yeah no um i think it comes out of the 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 sculptures that i was making for example i haven't done them for ages and actually i should because i love sculpture um yeah I I saw an album cover for some something I can't even remember what it is now, but it had a. I, I know um, what it is. It's Nitin Sawney. Yes, yes. And it's from did I mention that somewhere else? And it's called Beyond Skin. And no, the only reason yeah. I know it is because I I read it in the first thing after I saw you on the Grayson's thing. I read an article you wrote in the Guardian, I think it was, and you mentioned it. And I actually know uh, the photographer through somebody I work with. Um, the photographer is called Solvay Sunsbo. And it was an artist called John Shurad who made this white plaster head of Nitin himself kind of crying or screaming. Oh, so it's a plaster. It's not a sculpture. It's a plaster. It's a white plaster bust. (gasps) Yeah. That's clever. Yeah, but I heard that that sort of sparked something off when you saw it in you. I just loved it. I really loved it. Um, And I thought, I'd like to make something like that. And so I started sort of doing YouTube um, tutorials of how to kind of make a head and they were always I'd, I'd sort of do it and I'd be like yes I've got that right and then I'd step back from it and it would look fucking ridiculous <laughs> it would look like a human after a human had sort of gone into the sun and back out again and so that sort of became my style I suppose I didn't I just sort of went oh it's gonna be really hard to get kind of likenesses and get exactly right but I can play with this and I can make myself laugh and get something out of it and particularly with sculpture you've got like this physical thing in front of you that you've made and um yeah so i uh um i think it's a sort of more of a just uh and a, a, a an acknowledgement that i'm not probably ever going to be very good at nailing likenesses and and beautiful things and accepting that they're going to be just stupid instead i suppose there yeah. is a quote you said that which um realism is for squares which I love. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, I actually think your work does sort of present the actual kind of aura or personality of a person without it being... The essence. An ac- and, yeah, and the essence, exactly, which is almost yeah. more important. It's kind of like that's kind of what you would hope for in an artwork. Because if it was yeah. too realistic, it kind of dies, I think. Well, that's the thing I love. portraits loved. of you yourself. I think you capture your face really, really well and your grin. Mm. And like, there's yeah. a kind of humour in the whole thing. I don't know. It's, I, I, I like that about it. 
Oh, that's really kind. Uh, th- there's a thing that Grayson said when, um, which never made it to the show, and I thought it was really profound. I thought, like, why, why wouldn't they put that in? Um, where he said that, you know, if we're all painting perfect uh, pictures, you know, essentially painting photographs, um, uh, then, yeah, the, the, it's not really art. It's a photograph. You may as well just take a photograph. Yeah. And the mistakes are your style. And I thought that's really... Uh, empowering actually because I think lots of people get into painting and art and they just stop immediately because they go oh that's not very good it doesn't look like what I'm drawing or whatever and they don't sort of see it that it's its own thing and that it doesn't need to look exactly like um, the thing that you're trying to reproduce and yeah Mm. that it sort of exists in its own with its own merit and um, having it worded in such a succinct and uh a beautiful way was really helpful for me actually even even sort of this far in when I'm when I am painting quite a lot having someone just kind of go you're all right just keep you know keep doing that those shit likenesses keep doing those because <laughs> it's giving you permission that. isn't it to put them out yeah. in the world and it's okay you haven't got oh, there's no rules this is how you're seeing things and why is that an issue mm. totally but um so you were talking yeah. about sculptures so we've got to go back because there's an incredible story. But you, your friend described your sculptures as beef textured relics of hate, which I love. <laughs> um, but there is one sculpture which in 2018 has become <laughs> something of a folklore called Chris, which yeah. I just want to hear this story. And the fact that this is, again, a story that's linked heavily with your mum, the artist. Uh, yeah. This story so, is phenomenal. Um, Helen. We love Helen. Helen. Helen, yes, the great Helen Lysett. So I actually love your um, mum, by the way, because she she calls herself an embarrassing mother. It's like what a legend. Yeah, and uh, and I don't find her embarrassing at all. That's the that's the sort of irony of that. Um, uh, there's very. I think she gets more embarrassed about me, particularly because I write jokes that are they're not even about her, but I just use her as a punchline. Yes. What was the oh. one um, I wrote the other day, which I was really pleased with? Um, Every every family has a uh, an uncle that's um, sexually disgusting and racist, but not my family because Mum's not an uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so pleased with that. So pleased with that. Change her, change her bio to embarrassed mother instead of embarrassed. Yeah, exactly. Embarrassed mother. Um, yeah, that's great. So, yeah, so uh, I'm trying to remember the origin of this. Basically, Harry Hill, who's been a brilliant mentor for me and my art, um, said, oh, the, you should apply to the Royal Academy. Who's a, who's a comedian who also makes art as well? Yeah, yeah amazing yes. art. Yes. And um, so I just sub- submitted, uh, again, after a drink, Chris, for a <laughs> laugh, and... Um, I was with my housemate at the time and we were discussing like what to value it and what to call it and whatever. Um, so I, I, I suggested um, 10 million and then he said, what about 10 and a half million? And I thought that's so much funnier. I don't know why. So I submitted it as 10 and a half million and it's just uh, to describe it. It is, yeah, it's sort of like a withered head uh, looks sort of like his jaws doesn't exist really. Um <laughs> Around but a there's Pringle something packet, there is, it? yeah. yeah, it's around a Pringle tube, um, <laughs> and 
there's something about his eyes. This I do I, I admit that, but I I did. I, it was a sort of joke to me to submit it and then obviously put the prize and whatever. I didn't think anything would come of it, but it was a, something to do. And then and then they asked to sort of see it. So I went in with Harry because he does. They'd asked to see one of his as well. Um, so we sort of had lunch afterwards and had a really nice chat about art and whatever. And then um, and then it, apparently everyone loved it. It was the year Grayson. Um, curated but it was ended up in Humphrey Ocean's room uh and then they emailed me saying oh we've got to tell our insurers you know how much all the artworks are worth and whatever and could you um clarify how much it's worth and how much uh you know is it is it worth ten and a half million and how much would you like it to be insured for so I went back to her and said um oh gosh did I put ten and a half million how silly it should be twelve and a half million um <laughs> and then and then they sort of wouldn't accept that that was the value of it for the insurers so I said that it was actually worth 4.99 or an Argos voucher I think it was because um, <laughs> it is worth essentially fuck all um or not but you still got this in your it's on your website because you have a website where you sell your prints which we yeah. can get to in the moment because they all completely sell out but your Chris is there available, and I think it is still priced at twelve and a half million via your website. But you yeah, and you can and you can person. add it. Yeah, you can add it to your basket, which makes me really, really laugh. <laughs> that someone might go, oh, I'll pop that in the basket. That twelve and a half million. Anyone listening um, who wants to? Yeah. Use a, well, this is the thing. I sort card. of. <laughs> I felt like <clears throat> there might be some. You know, oh, Dubai billionaire out there. Who... <laughs> some Dubai mug, yeah. No, but I honestly think, yeah. think some collectors have credit cards that have zero limit and they can just like buy an aeroplane if they want or yeah. do whatever. So you never know. They that might is. be listening right Chris. now. But you yeah. submitted this at the same time as your mum submitted work and yeah. your mum's work and... didn't get chosen. No, yours did. <laughs> no. Oh, no. no. <laughs> did you feel bad I about think... that? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I messaged her and said, I think she was a little hurt by it, but she, I think she, she, the the um, only a little bit. I mean, it's sort of natural, yeah. isn't it? You kind of want to uh, yeah, if you submit with yourself your something kids. like that. You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to win. <laughs> I did message her and say something like, um, uh, may, "Well, maybe you should just accept you're not that good at art." I think that's what I said. To her. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, just to just to put salt in the wounds. Um, <laughs> But she, this is the thing is that that year, going to that exhibition, I can see why it wasn't chosen because he obviously had an idea of what he wanted. And yeah. I think her stuff is so brilliant, but so sort of, um, uh, I don't know what the word is because I was about to say traditional. It's not traditional. It's very modern, her stuff. But it's um, it's just kind of not wacky in the way that Grayson likes, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, whereas your your sculpture definitely had a freedom which would relate to his way of looking at the yeah, world. and these primary colors. You know, even the fact you were on his his show as well. I mean, that was all. Yeah, I think he's interested in people's creative. It's poppy. Your work is very your work is very poppy, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And you and um, tonally well, you're restricted yourself as well. There's a lot of kind of yellow, and I think as Grayson described, PPE blue, which seems to yeah. feature a lot in your work. <laughs> you're, there's a very limited palette, and Chris is very part of like your palette when you get to know your work. Yeah, I just love that. <laughs> I forgot he described it as PPE yeah. blue. That's very funny. <laughs> I love those two colours, and I love pink as well. So yes. it basically comes out of before I did stand up and everything else. I did. Um, I was a graphic designer, and um, oh, right. just did free, just freelance stuff. Um, but kind of kept kept the wolf from the door, and um, I uh, anyone who knows print will um, will know that it's 
broken into four CMYK, which is cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. I, ne- I never know why they um, have K as black, but there you go. Um, and those those three colours, particularly around when I was getting into graphic design, were sort of quite fashionable, I suppose, and they were being used, uh, like Helvetica and uh, the font, and, and those three yeah. colours were being used a lot in different ways. And I just sort of fell in love with them. But the cyan particularly, I just love... Uh, it just does it has a, a really lovely effect for me and, and so most of my paintings that's like a yellowish have... isn't it cyan or is that like a pinky what is no cyan? no cy- cyan is like um is like a ppe blue oh the, it is the cyan okay. in, in print is um i think so have i gone mad? no you're right no it is Google it's cyan. ppe blue definitely yeah, yeah yes yeah um and and yeah so so th- those are the four colors that printers use and they just merge them in different ways and with different mm. size dots essentially to create uh whatever color you want so you can create any color out of those three things um i my my skin tones i always I, I never paint like a printer but i use um I use just primary colours that I mix together, essentially. But I always end up going, that just needs a bit of cyan or a bit of pink or a bit of yellow. That's always where it lands go for to. me. And you use, um, you use acrylic paint, don't you, normally? Yeah, I've tried other stuff and very limited success. So acrylic's the one that sort of... I think acrylic, you just get um, a, a, a pop of colour, don't you? It's got a boldness, whereas... Yeah. Um, uh, oils, I remember Noel Fielding describing oils as like there's something romantic about them and I totally understand what he's saying but whenever I've tried them I've just got frustrated and I, at some point I probably will spend some time with them but also the linseed, I think it's the linseed or something mm. affects my mm. asthma so I start to get really like breathless when I use oils <laughs> oh so I just thought, you know what, I, I'm not going to die for my art, I'll stick <laughs> with acrylics <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Do you think if you wasn't a comedian, you might have or you could have gone down the art route if you hadn't discovered it when you started doing stand-up, you might have ended up going into art college and, and through as you're saying, um, like printmaking and, and graphic design. Do you think that might have been a different route you'd have gone? I think there's a good chance, yeah. I think um, I think it, it would have got, I would have pursued the design thing more. I think yeah. art probably, who knows? I think it was a sort of inevitability of that I was going to start doing um, painting because I get so much pleasure from it. And it's kind of in the family, but um, mm. uh, I think I, I, and graphic design is something I love and, and and do bits of work, kind of for myself, which is the real joy and um, and privilege of the position I'm in. That 
one of the things I hated about doing graphic design is I had to work for clients and they always wanted shit fonts and stuff in orders. Yeah, a lot of people who've moved from graphic design to fine art have all, all said that same sort of argument where they hated that they would create something, be incredibly proud of it, and then it would just get tr- torn apart and taken apart yeah. and treated like it wasn't a work of art and they had actually spent so much creativity bringing it to them. And yeah, and also they, and, yeah, and they'd be like, oh, can you put this logo on it? And the logo just be so shit. And you just go, oh, <laughs> yeah, I can, but you know, it just sort of ruins everything. I did a lot of posters for Edinburgh and uh, they're really fun. You know, I did, I did, I found one I did for um, uh, Rob Beckett actually. And I'd forgotten. Really? So this is him. before you were doing it yourself. You were making these posters. No. So I, I doing was comedy. doing bits of, no, I was doing bits of stand up, but it wasn't right. making me any money. So I was, I also offered my services as a graphic designer and, um, did posters wow. for stand-up gigs and um oh. and you do these like designs that you'd be really happy with and then you'd have to put all of these horrible edinburgh uh, venue logos on the bottom that just Got sort it, of yeah. ruin the whole thing and um there was no ugh, and they, well yeah there's a lot of nasty um nasty design there whereas now so the thing that i'm really excited about that i'm working on is um is like a coffee table book basically and oh, i'm making brilliant. it exactly to my spec so it's, um, I'm not using a publisher or anything. I'm literally doing a limited run off my own back. I'm self-funding it. And it just means that whatever paper quality or thickness of um, paper or um, if there's unusual embossings or whatever, I I take the cost on if I want to and feel like it's worth it. And mm. it's um, it's one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done actually and it won't it'll I'll probably lose money doing it but I'll get so much out of it and continue yeah. to get so much out of it um yeah. that's amazing when that, was that coming out I don't know I it's right. it, it's probably sort of in time for Christmas this year but um I'm not going to rush it um and I've been working on it for kind of a year already because it's yeah. a sort of it's a photography project mixed with a design project and a bit of writing as well um, and this is Christmas 21 we're talking about for people listening. Yes. This wasn't recorded yeah, yeah. before 2020. This is no, 21, no, so you've got a full in year. In 2021 now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's um, interesting because I, I sometimes think about David Trigley when I see your work. I think yeah. I, I work a bit with him and I, I think he would really like what you do because I think you guys have got a similar sense of humour as well and your use of text and everything. But it, yeah. So doing a book, I think, would make total sense with the way that you approach making work. But Russell and I were talking earlier about an artist that I used to run the studio of way, way before I worked in the art world. Um, she's called Stella Vine. And I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she has like a shared yeah. kind of sensibility of um, the way that she paints eyes and the kind of expressions of faces. And um, I'm going to Google actually, Harry Hill was a big supporter of hers back when I looked yeah. after her. I remember him coming... Stella- kind Vine. of art brew outside of yes exactly yeah i, I also think of, of modern, modern toss as well just for like yes. i guess the oh wow god i love this yeah. <gasps> oh i love this diana one yes <laughs> that's yeah, really exactly. funny over, the one that says like paul yeah. burrell will you come over yeah it says uh, yeah, well, exactly. there's one it just says i will always love you and the description of it's called i'm fine is the uh, is the name of the artwork? <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, God, Who have I love you looked her. at art wise, Joe? Who do you look at uh, and get inspired by? Well, Shrigley is definitely up there. Yeah. I think he's kind of the master of that, isn't he? Of a kind of uh, what I love about his is his slogans are 
often quite abstract, but they totally mean something and you, they mm. totally resonate. And it's brilliant comic writing, actually, is what he's doing. Um, mm. So I find him really inspiring. Um, uh, I also really love, and he's a friend of mine, Mr. Bingo. Are you familiar with Mr. Bingo? Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. My boyfriend loves um, Mr. Bingo. Ah. Uh, you should get him on. He's really wise, actually. You yes. should get him on this podcast because he's he's yeah, should, funny. I met him briefly he's... at the Art Car Boot Fair. He was doing there, but he's amazing because oh, he used to. And I don't think he does anymore, but because everyone wanted one. But he would send a postcard to someone, and you he, you would give him your their Facebook profile, <laughs> and he'd, he'd find a picture of them and there, draw it, and write something underneath like "piss off and die," and then send yeah. it to like your auntie or something. And it, it was like an, am- yeah. an amazing, amazing uh, quality he has. Yeah, hate mail. It was called hate mail. That's it. And he would um, sometimes it, w- it would be a drawing. I don't actually think it was ever a drawing of them. It would just be a generic insult that he would send to them. Like yeah. it would be like a picture of their knees, and the slogan would be "Your knees are shit." You know, just something really, <laughs> <laughs> just something really needlessly hateful. Um, that reminds me of your re- one. I, I miss the dentist. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing is like we've because I spend a lot of time chatting to Bingo and he was one of my kind of lockdown pals that we zoom each other and and get pissed on um ah. together. Um I I do gravitate to those towards those sorts of people um who essentially aren't taking it that seriously and he talks uh, a lot about how he doesn't um sort of really feel like he's part of the art world and that he's, you know, he's just thrilled that he can make a living just doing daft stuff. And he came from a sort of similar background in the sense that he was an illustrator for hire. So he he would do illustrations for all sorts of different things. And he just realized that he kind of hated working for clients and, uh, and and realized that with his following on social media, that he could make enough money to live. And he is, you know, he's, he's not, um, a world well he sort of is famous around the world but he's not like a kind of world-renowned artist but i've got a lot of his work in my house and have you got your mum's up there i've got a self-portrait that mum did and i don't know where to put it because she is looking (laughs) 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 now there's a thought i thought that there's a spot overlooking the kitchen and the kitchen sink and i thought that it might work there but um, yeah. she, it's her taking a selfie of herself through a mirror. So she's she's sort of sat on the ground and she's got her hand, the phone in her hand and she's photographed herself in the mirror. And I think it was just so she, it was the most efficient way of her getting a full shot of her body. But she, there's mm-hmm. something, it feels like she's taking a photo of you when you're, when you look right, at it. Right. And so wherever it goes, like you, you've got to sort of be, because I was doing like in the, at the start of lockdown, I was doing workouts in the living room and I had the painting on the side because I hadn't, I still haven't mounted it. I haven't put it up anywhere. And she was like, it felt like she was sort of filming me doing push-ups and stuff. It was really strange. <laughs> um, so, I, I, but it's a, it's a, I, I love it so much. And she's, it's a brilliant likeness of her. And I've is got lots of from, little things. Is it, is it from done. like 20, 2015, that one? Because I, uh, I think I saw that one. Because I remember you be. posted something that said, this is a portrait of my mother painted by my mother. I love it and I love her. And I was just like, that's so sweet. Yeah, like, it could be that She's sort one. of peering over her glasses. Yes. Yeah. It's quite an it's intense, one. it's almost yeah. like she's she's watching or surveilling or something. It's kind of yeah, intense yeah. painting. 
there is something quite painting. intense about it. It's so it's nice that you can share this art journey with your mum, but you also have someone else in your family who's quite. Uh, you said about your dad, but then you have your goddaughter, who's yes. uh, oh, someone man. who's discovering Although art. Although you're and her promised incredible... promise guardian. Yes, yeah. a promise guardian. And there's this incredible story you say about some profound, uh, like summing up of what art is. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to remember the word. I've remembered it. I we were um so other than this this year, which is such a shame, um, she would come to Birmingham. She lives in Shrewsbury and she would we'd put up the Christmas tree and we'd decorate it together. And she is uh, How old is she? Fantastic. Oh, I want to say she's 12 now, but okay. she might even be older, actually. I lose track. But she's yeah. um, she's a genius. I don't, I sort of don't, I, I, and I, I don't say that um, in, in, with any level of facetiousness. I think she is like, there's something going on there because she loves writing poetry and she's got an amazing use of words. But I think she must have been, yeah, sort of eight or so. Um um, she came to Birmingham and I've got this studio uh, space which I painted and we just painted a mural on the wall basically just as a kind of activity to do and I was asking her various bits and bobs questions while we were doing it and I said what do you think art is like just as a kind of just as, I, I, did, I didn't really know what I expected like an as an open answer question. from her yeah. yeah like what do you think it is do you think it's painting I think I suppose that's what I was expecting from her was like well, I suppose it's using colours or whatever. And then we could go into a discussion about, well, you know, doing a flower arrangement could be art. And, you know, well, I just thought it'd be an, a way of kind of thinking about art in a bigger way. And she'd already done it because she sort of, well, she hadn't because she sort of pondered. She didn't answer very quickly. She sort of sat there and sort of thought about it. And then she said, it's trust. And I was like, huh? And she said, well, if you trust something's good, then it is. And I just was so blown away by that because that is it's essentially like a key thing for being an artist. It's like it's yeah. a lot if you've got the trust in it, um, then you kind of can do anything. And um, yeah, but she writes, she's she um she draws, she's got really into kind of anime um illustration now. So she does lots of like big-eyed um uh uh portraits and um but she she writes poetry and wow. she's just very interesting. Um, That's amazing. And she's got no, she hasn't doesn't seem to have that barrier, you know, doesn't seem to have anything stopping her in her yeah. own head. Um, what was I loved on, your, on this? It was um, it was just sort of kind of abstract. I think there was a little rabbit in there and nice. a kind of squiggly lines. We bought we bought this paint that got glitter in it, so. I actually left that studio um, a couple of years ago, moved to a different one, and I had to leave it as I'd found it. And gee whiz, it's a nightmare getting thick glitter paint uh, <laughs> off, off a wall. I had to basically just cover it and cover it in, like, layers and layers of white paint. It was excruciating. Um, but, yes, I got a picture before I uh, destroyed it. Talking about flower arrangements being art, there's something that I've seen as like a thread throughout your life, which is um, floral print shirts. I do like um, uh, some people would say a shit shirt, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> I actually love them. <laughs> oh my god! I do. I, do just... I just like color and bold nonsense. I suppose I'm quite. I'm a basic bitch when it comes to color. I just just. <laughs> Slap it on, like, brighter the better. Glitter, silver, gold, whatever. Amazing. Well, I guess if you're up on stage, you want to be, you know, you need to be noticed. I guess if them bright colours and 
bold shades. I don't know. A lot of stand-ups just sort of wear a black T-shirt, don't they? I'm, oh, I'm out there fanning about in yeah some faux fur nonsense. Or I'm sure I saw you in like bright pink faux fur at Christmas 2020. Yeah, on TV. Yeah, that's somewhere. me. Yeah. That's me. So you were talking about self-publishing your uh, your book, which is like incredibly exciting and probably quite daunting as well. But you have, uh, as we mentioned earlier, this site where you sell lots of prints and obviously the Chris head is there for 12 and a half million for anyone listening. But these prints <laughs> you have up, um, which a lot of them are uh, icons of culture. You've got like Jeff Bezos there and Alan Sugar and people like that. But these are all selling out and it says on there that you have a portion for charity and then there's another portion going towards a film which i guess is probably going to go towards a book as well but what is that like how, where do you make these prints and what is that like having these prints and people are collecting them and they're selling out and people are having them on their wall well <clears throat> i've not i've only actually done two prints so there's there's i put all my or a lot of my art on the website right <clears throat> excuse me um but um I don't, I don't, I haven't sold, I've, as I say, I've only done two. I've done the Chris Whitty one and I did one of a flower. Um, gorgy Little Slut. Gorgy Little Slut written round it. That's my favourite work came, by you. Oh, thank you. I, I, it, that came out with, of, it resonates with Rob, yeah. <laughs> well, it's got a good word, <laughs> slut. Yeah, yeah, exactly, you slag. It's a fabulous <laughs> word. Um, I'm glad you like it. I'm thrilled. Um, yeah, it's... Um, that came out of because uh, I've, I've started doing this thing on Instagram about a year ago that people got obsessed with, and I don't think I sort of don't know why because I think it's it's really dumb. Which is just it's my garden updates, but every uh, picture of what's going on in my garden, I have a caption with it which is just full of swear words. Essentially, it's, it's no more complicated than that. So I'll just say, look at this fucking potato. What a cunt. <laughs> People love it. I don't know why. I don't, it's, it's, there's no, there's nothing smart it's about so it. It's so unnecessary. It's unnecessary, isn't so it? funny. <laughs> look at this and, fucking and, potato. Yeah. And, and I think like there's a, a hanging basket that I did at once and I, described it as a basket of slags and you know, it's, just <laughs> it's, like, dream. it's just so dumb but people really love it so I thought well I'll let me do, I'll do a painting of it and see if people like them as paintings and so I did one and they went mad for it so I, that was the first print and yeah it sold out I did 400 of them and they sold out within an hour and I was like wow oh, shit, okay um and then the next one was the Chris Whitty one and that sold again within the hour What's that like, um, though, knowing that people are collecting? You've made 400, 400 people have got this print and they've got it on their wall, hopefully, and looking after it. But what does that feel like? It's sort of weird. I kind of, yeah. um, I don't, it's, it's all very new to me, really. And it started to kind of make me think, like, you know, a lot of the times. So, yeah, the, the money from it, yeah, 10% is going to charity. And then the rest is going into funding some short films in uh, that I'm making in Birmingham. So we're right. trying to sort of... I, um, I was supported by, I made a, a feature which was not good um, when I was about 19 and used funding from uh, local Birmingham kind of initiatives. And I was really grateful for that and the experience of it and making a film. And um, we, yeah, just, it was kind of kick bollock scramble of using people that I could find at that time. Um, but we had so much fun and had this sort of thing to show for it. And I wanted to sort of do that again, 
but use that similar energy of like young people who are passionate about it but maybe haven't got an outlet for it and mm. I thought if we can find those people and this we found I've got this brilliant producer who's found these these um yeah young people in Birmingham who are really passionate about film and putting the money into kind of uh obviously they get paid but then getting like really kind of good equipment so they get used to working with like really good cameras and lighting and all of these things and sort of collaborate to create um a kind of yeah a silly short and it helps me learn because I want to learn more about how to direct stuff like that um and it's been it's been we were meant to film next week the first one but um we've put that on hold just while um the plague does what it wants to Mm -hmm. but um so uh, the, the the initial reason for doing it was literally just to sort of raise the funds for that and then when they sold so quickly I thought oh god like potentially I'm doing gigs that I don't need to because I could just do a, an art print yeah, it's but it's amazing. had the sort of you know you can do that yeah it's sort of weird it's sort of um uh I, it's not something I expected at all really I kind of it was a punt and I thought well maybe it'll sell over you know a few weeks and I'll just you know send them kind of as and when and um and it was bingo that inspired me because he that's how he makes his living is you know he'll just do a print now and again or uh, a book or whatever it is and then you know that will keep him going for the next month or so and then he'll do another one are Um, you sending them out yourself or have you got like the team where they're printing them and everything doing it no no i do it myself yeah i've sort of but i like all that as well like bingo said you'll really enjoy all of that because it's sort of meditative after a while um yeah so and you, you actually have biodegradable and... packaging as well that like isn't bad for the environment yeah yeah you're so good you're such so a good, good human are you working know, on another right? print can people look out for something coming up yeah there will I, I don't know what it'll be yet but yeah i will do more because um it's quite addictive the only thing is when i start filming stuff again when i'm not in a kind of lockdown environment it gets harder to kind of find the time to package everything up and whatever so sure. i might have to sort of use a distribution or whatever but um but i use a local birmingham printer um who does really lovely g clay prints and what are um, they called let's give them a shout out prem uh precision imaging fantastic um, thank yeah. you precision Pre- imaging thank you precision imaging um although they were getting annoyed because they were really thrilled to like be involved in it but uh when like orders sort of didn't arrive when people expected them or whatever they were emailing precision and they were like can you just deal with this <laughs> and I, I became my own sort of um uh customer servicing which is good for me in my other role as someone who takes on companies exactly. that have customer servicing. customer servicing yeah it's a focal point of your uh craft yes it drawing is. on it your is. customer service moments yeah 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 um, amazing so yeah, I've been really. It's been a. It's that's been a all come out of lockdown, and I've been uh, very excited by that. But on the flip side of it, it's something that Grayson was talking about. I think he described it as the Picasso's napkin or whatever. Which is, I now when I go to do a painting after I've finished it, and sometimes whilst doing it, I'll think, oh, is this sellable? And I've not had that before. I was just doing it as for for me, and I might think, is this usable as, as a gag in a show? And now I'm thinking, oh, do you, will this, will people want a print of this? And um, so, how's that affecting that, I, your work? I think it's slowed it down a, a bit. Right, um, you're editing yourself. Yeah, I am. Which I need to kind of nip in the bud, really, because um, that would be the worst if I kind of if if it starts to kind of um, create anxiety about what, whether the work is 
worthwhile. You're considering whatever. the art market now, the commercial side. Exactly, of the art world, yeah. When before yeah. you was an outsider, just purely creating for the energy. Yeah, yeah totally. So I've sort of, um, but I think that's something that lots of people deal with. And Mum um, talked about it a little bit when we did the exhibition um, at, uh, at Patrick's because she, you know, sold a few there. And I don't think I put many on sale there, if, if any. And she said that she just found it very strange because she didn't want to hold on to them, but she also felt like she did, you know, so that there was a connection to the painting that she wanted to maintain. And I think it is psychologically quite strange, the act of selling your work and valuing it. And mm. um, I think that's sort of how I got around it by doing the prints. I kind of valued it based on what kind of bingo suggested and what I kind of thought I could get away with and what didn't feel like. And you like can keep one for yourself always. And then I keep the original. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Have you ever had feedback from the people that you've painted, like Alan Sugar or Chris Whitty or Boris Johnson? Definitely not from Alan Sugar. I think Alan Sugar is... <laughs> Avoiding you. Alan Sugar and I have... Um, uh, well, he, what did he call me? He called me a tosser or something, I think. Um, he... That's very nice, isn't it? Um, yeah. At the start of lockdown, he posted a, a picture of him with a plane and he said, I've just picked up my new plane um, in Miami or something like that, whatever. Just going to fly my new plane to Miami. It was, it was some totally reading, t not reading the room comment. Yeah. And so I replied to something like, oh, just driven my Ford Fiesta to home base, but you don't see me going on about it. Anyway, I'm horny. What are you up to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he he responded saying something like, well, you did mention it, didn't you? You jumped up prick. Or it was just some, It was, but it's all on Twitter. It's all like uh, out in the open. And I was like, well, that escalated, but ignored the horny comment totally. So then I've stopped doing it now, but for a little while I was just responding to pretty much every tweet he did with a sort of what you would message to a sugar daddy kind of thing. It was like, <laughs> you know, literally a sugar daddy of going like, you know, yeah, shall I come round later? What do you want me to wear? I love you. Or I'll do anything you want. Or, you know, just ridiculous shit. And then, Your question is when he's going to buy your sculpture? Because it's well, like, he's, yeah, he's actually he's uh, the guy, isn't he? That's yeah, he's the one. Car with no limit. Yeah. He is the one. Yeah. Or Big Jeff can either be. Big or Jeff. Big Jeff, yeah, yeah, Big Jeff. He's a there's a good. He's probably my most likely, isn't he? Um, Big Jeff, yeah. Although I'm no, actually, if anyone's had any favour, you were congratulating Jeff um, Bezos for having a great year because of Amazon <laughs> being so successful in 2020, yeah. and you did this wonderful painting <laughs> yeah. for the big issue, but. He's no longer the richest man in the world. It's now no. Elon, Musk, Elon Musk as of today. Yeah. So Tesla inks Elon Musk. He is the yeah. next one. Isn't that extraordinary? And he's, he's Would you get on the... Um, Brian. Go on, what? Does he? Oh, yes, he does. He's had a child with her and the child's got yeah, I, a name. I kind of weirdly quite like him. I think he's probably quite cool. Oh, yeah, he's got like a, yeah, a scientific so. term name, hasn't he? Like AK44 oh, yes. or something, yeah. He once liked... One of my stand-up videos as well on social wow. media. No way! I can't remember which one it was, but uh, he well, sort of popped Musk. up, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> I was like, "All oh, right, Elon Musk is into this niche consumer issue that people have got." <laughs> like, I, I can't remember what it was, but he, yeah, um, that's very, hilarious. very strange. Um, oh my god! So maybe, he, maybe there is a chance. Maybe I should build my whole next tour show around. Seriously, getting Elon Musk to buy, buy Chris, Chris. twenty eighteen. 
you, you could have a love child or something. It'd be an yeah. amazing thing. Or you yeah. should you should just basically make Elon Musk out of a head because I've seen what you did with Ross Kemp's head. So I think it'd be amazing <laughs> what you did with Elon Musk would be incredible. Yeah, yeah. Ross Kemp, I suppose, did see it because I gave it to him. Oh, did um, he keep it? I thought it was really good. That was on the one show, wasn't it? I really liked that. I don't know if he kept it. Or I don't know where that ended up. Or he I don't binned know it. Where it is. <laughs> yeah. He binned it. Yeah. I, I, I would have been one of your yeah. heads a bag of old cod. <laughs> did he get into the summer That's... exhibition the same time as you, or did he get? Yeah, he did. Oh, we did. And we went okay. to the varnishing day because they. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm sure you know about this, but they have this sort of weird kind of we religious to, ceremony yeah. beforehand, and then yeah. people sort of stomp around on Piccadilly, and then you go in, and all the artists that are in kind of have a wander around the exhibition before everyone else. And me and Harry and his wife Magda went to uh, the. Um, she's a, an amazing artist. Um, went to the. Uh, religious bit the kind of bit in the chapel and then he had to go off somewhere so then we Magda and I went to the exhibition um together and, uh, what do you mean the religious it, bit I don't know about that what do you do it's well, it's not that religious. it just yeah, feels it go... feels a bit like when you're at school and you go to some kind of weird ceremony in like a school church yeah. and there's a choir singing or something it's, it's exactly very like, like that, yeah. intense yeah I did it years ago with Tracy but is it religious based is are you like praying and stuff no no, I don't think so. It just feels okay. quite. No, maybe there isn't. Yeah, it, maybe it, maybe, maybe I remember it as being. Yeah, there, there was like a choir that was really beautiful, and but yeah, it was it was a fun day. I'd, I'd love to do it again. There's a, there's an artist that um I know called Rod. Oh, what is his surname? Hull. I should know what his surname is. <laughs> Rod Hull. <laughs> no, it's not Rod Hull. Um, <laughs> Isn't that Patrick? Stuart? I think it's Nelson actually, Rod, Rod Nelson. Okay. Rod Nelson. Um, who does these amazing Yes, he, he's um, an artist. I just checked. Uh Prince. Yes, Rod Nelson. And he he's a sort of um friend of the people I stay with when I'm in London. Uh mm. I say friend, family member. Um, and he got in that year as well. And he says that he's he every he's he's a kind of hand-to-mouth kind of artist, Rod. And his stuff's beautiful, but he kind of just submits to the Royal Academy every year and just sees it as a bit of a kind of um, a gamble, essentially. And he yeah. says, you know, if I if I get in that year, then I'll sell a few prints and probably make enough to survive, uh, you know, till next year or whatever. You know, it's sort yeah. of um, he just sees it as a bit of fun. Um, it's an amazing, amazing thing. I was really um, honoured to be part of it. Oh, and, yeah, it's incredible. Um, it's incredible. I was like, yeah. It is. Um, I have all them people. Yeah, it's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Well, look, um, we, we ask every guest two questions. Um, the first is very difficult. If you could do an art heist anywhere in the world, and it could be any scale or um, material, you know, me medium, it could be anything, basically, uh, what would you steal and take home? And you wouldn't get in trouble because we're going to help you. You're going to have the tour cart van. <laughs> the tour cart van. It yeah, okay. has like, it got tour cart like all along the side of it, so people know exactly yeah, who's done it. In neon, yeah. sick. Um, ne I'm a big fan of neon. Are that you? basic Are bitch you? colours that um oh, yeah. coming out again. Bring it. Um, well, this is the thing about an art heist. Uh, I've had an idea for a while, and I don't know how to do it, and I'm probably ruining it by mentioning it on this podcast about. Uh, stealing my own work 
from myself. So something like Chris, so valuing Chris at 12 and a half million and then insuring get, it at that value. Insuring it at that value or something. I don't think I'd do it as an insurance job. I think I'd do it. So it's not fraud. There'd have to be another reason for it. No, right. <laughs> yeah. I'll try not to do fraud. Yeah. I don't think I'd mention it if it was. But, um, but it, so I'd sort of like to do an, a heist of my own work. Uh, but I, I don't quite know why. That's not egotistical that's, yeah. that's real no. commitment in a kind of a <laughs> yeah. sort of self-reflective, narcissistic. You must really like your work. Way. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but and I, everything I, I in the world, you're like, no, <laughs> my own. <laughs> yeah, I would. Steal but it's not because own. I think the uh, the art is particularly worth stealing. It's just the act of it being like I would I would pay somebody to kind of approach on a motorbike and punch me to the ground, and I'd choreograph <laughs> it like really kind of. That's the idea. But um, you know, who I mean, need the... to help you is um, Darren Brown. Because that's the yes, kind of thing he would yes, actually exactly. do as a TV show. Because he, he's an exactly. artist, so he would love art. He'd actually yeah. probably be up for it. I reckon yeah. you and Darren together can make this happen. See, I told you, talk up would help. Yeah. But now I've probably spoilt it by mentioning on the podcast. So the other I, I think, one that I think I you I might like... actually just got yourself a TV show out of it. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you you put, put it into the world, it will come true. Yeah. Um, any 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 hopper I'd, I'd have as well. Oh, nice. Specifically, nice um, uh, yeah, I suppose that one would be a good one, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, yeah. bit of um, bit of cash on that one. But my favourite is Morning Sun. Actually, that's one of my favourite paintings. Yes. Oh, nice. Um, have you so seen think, it in real life? No, I haven't. Will it make me jizz? Yeah, <laughs> everywhere you little slut. Um, yeah, little art slut. <laughs> The other question we ask is, and I think we know what it is, what is your favourite colour and why? Uh, yeah, probably PPE blue. Blue. Um, <laughs> although I've got a lot of yellow in my house, so it's either blue or yellow. Um, I, why? I don't know. Because uh, it's nice. I actually I have, no, <laughs> I have no idea why. I can't answer that. I just, it we just interviewed someone who painted just... the inside of their front door yellow so when they were leaving because it's an optimistic color they were leaving and it was giving them like an energy to go out into the world yeah love that my the, the front and back of my front door is yellow oh wow. has a similar effect i love it yeah yeah amazing um, i've got another question yeah. for you really quickly why did you dress up as Edward monks the screen uh was that for um qi i think i did a qi episode where we all had to recreate paintings oh um, i see so they I sort think of i think that's the one that you're referring to i'm trying to yeah, remember now be, yeah. i mean it might have been me in drag it wasn't or because you know. love it right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you in drag and we're like you look like it by mugs of scream no that's my serious drag look <laughs> Thanks a lot. i've got yeah. a picture of it don't worry i'm gonna post it on our instagram <laughs> I'll share it with oh, you. Okay. Well, thank you, Joe. This has been incredible talking to you. We didn't we didn't touch on the fact that you changed your name to Hugo Boss for a period of 2020. I, know. I love that by Deed Poll. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was it, and was you that signed your painting that Hugo Boss. Uh, that's one thing that um yeah, the, I only did one painting as Hugo Boss, and that was the one of um Chris Whitty. Mm. The, the only um thing that I'm annoyed about with that is that I changed the name back actually there are times I'm I, I'm I'm conflicted about it because I think the artist's route would have been to keep that name for life mm -hmm. and um 
I would have loved to have seen the BBC try and navigate their way around calling me that on TV show, BBC One TV shows. Um, on a panel show, this Hugo Boss. On a, there, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Although there is actually an artist called um, Monster Chetwind who changes their name regularly. Yeah. So She was like Marvin, Marvin Gaye, Gaye Chetwind before. Oh, sorry, Marvin Gaye Chetwind. Maybe that's what she is. <laughs> but she's been Spartacus Chetwind, Marvin Brilliant. Gaye Monster. Chetwind, yeah. Monster really Chetwind, all it. these different variations. Lali. You probably yeah. really like, yeah, Lali was her real name, I think, her, her birth name. Not her real name, yeah. sorry. Her birth name. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway, there's you a never thought. know. There's, yes. You could always keep Maybe changing I should just it. Change or, or you could change it. Yeah. it back. I could do. I think the kind Calvin of horse has bolted now, hasn't it? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Change was, it, change it was, to Chris Whitty. time. There we go. Or <laughs> <laughs> Alan Sugar. That'd be I do love when those you sort of hear ridiculous names. There was a there was a kind of uh, newspaper article about them one year about the names that have been rejected, and there was like, yeah, Detroit was one of the the names that they they said no, you can't call your child this. And um, sex fruit. Uh, <laughs> sex. I want to name my child sex fruit. Yeah, exactly. Sugar yeah. hyphen daddy. Amazing. Well, Joe, well, you're incredible. You so thank you so much. This has been brilliant. Thank you. A and great um, pleasure. For everyone, everyone listening, you can learn more about Joe's comedy, but also art at Joe's Instagram, which is Joe, uh, Joe Lysett. Yeah. And your your email and your uh, website is at my, can you my get email to your is... shop from? <laughs> yeah, your pin number is uh... your customer services hotline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you can get we can get to your website through your Instagram page. But otherwise, it's yeah. joelicet.co.uk or dot com. Dot com, uh, I think yes, dot com. And um, the be- the best place to find out about those art prints and all of my stand up and everything is on my mailing list because I put everything there first. So I give everyone first dibs there, Lovely. and then I'll put stuff up. Um, else, Amazing. So join Joe Lysett's mailing list at Joe And also, for those wishing to see your mum's art, Helen Lysett's art, you can visit at Mama Lysett, which is M O M A L Y C E T T, on Twitter and yeah. maybe Instagram as well. Yeah. All She's, social media. Yeah, most prolific on Instagram, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Instagram. Love this. Yeah. Amazing. Thank well, you. Well, thanks for so much, my mother's art. We'll be back very soon. <laughs> see you. See you, Joe. Thanks, bye, mate. Bye. Thanks, Joe. Bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Toby. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode, with music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com